I'm looking, the skipper said, flipping through my logbook. But I can't find any seaplane time. The skipper was Commander Martin Jones. His face was greasy from perspiration, and he looked exhausted. Well, I've had four or five rides in a PBY, I told him, but always as a passenger. In fact, a PBY had just brought me here from Guadalcanal. It departed after delivering me some mail and a couple of tons of spare parts. The old man gave me the look. You're a dive bomber pilot. What in hell are you doing in a black cat squadron? It's a long story. Boy, was that ever the truth. I haven't got time for a long story, Jones said as he tossed the logbook on the wardroom table and reached for my service record. Give me the punchline. Aboard this small seaplane tender, the wardroom doubled as the ship's office. They uh, said I was crazy. That comment hung in the air like a wet fart. I leaned against the edge of the table to steady myself. Hanging on her anchor, the tender was rolling a bit in the swell coming up the river from Namoya Bay on the southwestern tip of New Guinea where the Owen Stanley Mountains ran into the sea. The only human habitation within two hundred miles was a village, Samurai, across the bay on an island. The sailors on the tender never went over there, nor was there any reason they should. If Namoya Bay wasn't the end of the earth, believe me, you could see it from here. The commander flipped through my service record, scanning the entries. Are you crazy? No more than most, I replied. Proclaiming your sanity was a bit like proclaiming your virtue. Highly suspect. This tender can support three PBYs, Commander Jones said, not looking at me. We launch them late in the afternoon and they hunt Jap ships at night, return sometime after dawn. Three days ago, one of our birds didn't come back. He looked up, straight into my eyes. The crew is somewhere out there. He swept his hand from left to right. Dead or alive. We'll look for them, of course, but the South Pacific is a big place, and there is a war on. Yes, sir. Until we get another plane from Australia, we'll only have two birds to carry the load. I nodded. One of our co-pilots is sick with malaria. Too bad to fly. You will fly in his place, unless you've really flipped out or something. I'm fine, sir. Why did they get rid of you? The Japs shot three SBDs out from under me, killed two of my gunners. The skipper said he couldn't afford me. So, here I am. The old man lit his cigarette and blew the smoke out through his nose. <sighs> Tell me about it. So I told it. We launched off the carrier one morning on a routine search mission and found a Jap destroyer in the slot, running north at flank speed. When the lookout spotted us, the destroyer captain cranked the helm full over, threw that can into as tight a circle as it would turn while every gun let loose at us. There were four of us in SBDs. I was flying as number three. As I rolled into my dive, I put out the dive brakes, as usual, and dropped the landing gear. With the dive brakes out, the Dauntless goes down in an 80-degree dive at about 
250 knots. Takes a couple thousand feet to pull out. With the dive brakes and gear out, prop in flat pitch, she goes down at 150, vibrating like a banjo string. Still, you have all day to dope the wind and sweeten your aim, and you can pickle the bum at a thousand feet, put the damn thing right down the smokestack before you have to pull out. Of course, while you are coming down like the Angel of Doom, the Japs are blazing away with everything they have, and when you pull out of the dive, you have no speed, so you are something of a sitting duck. You also run the risk of overcooling the engine, which is liable to stall when you pour the coal to it. Still, when you really want to hit, I got that destroyer. The other three guys in my flight missed.